What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Somebody Save Us. It's a Smallville retrospective where each and every week we take a deep dive into an episode of the 2000s hit Smallville. And this week we have Shimmer. It is Shimmer. Uh, it is written by Michael Green and Mark Verhaden, kind of guys who have done episodes of this show before, um, from X-Ray to Rogue and uh, a few other episodes that and into the future but um and it's directed by dj caruso who did episodes of the show the shield and the movie i am number four and uh it aired the 29th of january 2002 and uh we'll get right back into this into the nitty-gritty right after this Hey, Steve, how's it going? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. I apologize for yelling in my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> what up? It was just very, it was way closer to me than I anticipated. <laughs> right. Yeah, so we've got, uh, we've got episode 10, Shimmer. And uh, out of the gate, I think maybe setting expectations, this episode sucks. <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah, um sucks. it's uh, just a combination of like been there done that and i have like very specific notes about well and i won't get into like the deep specifics of it until we get there but like i have specific notes of like this is a trope that's been done to death um and yeah. it's uh i mean no i, I don't want to like i'm not slamming anybody's perform performances all around are fine the directing is fine the episode just doesn't really with the exception of one thing doesn't really plant anything for the future and just it's kind it of um, it's it really is monster of the week kind of throwaway yeah yeah so i guess getting right into it we're at the school and there's a blood drive going on and uh they're on the school field like clark is walking back i guess to the uh locker room or whatever uh with lana and he's uh lightly teasing teasing her about how she fainted yeah because like she, she fell and skinned her knee as a kid and, and fainted because of the blood and then and then right. we find out that pete really wants to shower with clark <laughs> like yeah he's yeah very much <laughs> hey, come on let's go Hey, yeah. Hey, Clark, we got a shower. Yeah. Get them clothes the, off. Uh, why, why are you doing a Barney Rubble? I have no idea. <laughs> it's better than my normal Kermit the Frog voice, I guess. Uh, in the bleachers, uh, there's like a girl writing in her journal, and one of the jocks does that jock thing where he takes the journal out of their hand, and he uh, grabs it, and he jokes about if she wrote anything about him before seeing it's Lex that she's writing about. And her brother shows up kind of a second later and kind of tries to get him to lay off and give back the book and leave her alone. And, of course, Troy is kind of asks what he's going to do about it. Um, and we'll see right away what he'll do about it. Maybe. Maybe. This, um, uh, 
the girl in this, and I really should have looked up her IMDb. Um, I kind of seem to remember her getting quite a bit of work around this time. Like I, I remember seeing yeah. her in quite a few shows. Uh, and I actually seem to remember her in a few movies. Uh, this would have been she like the early two thousands teen slasher craze yeah. was going on pretty but big. She and was I seem also... to remember her being in a few of those. Right. And she's, she was also in, I think the first season of American horror story. Oh, really? Yeah, I think she was in that. I think that I and I've never seen the show, so I'll, I'll take your word on it. Cool, it would be good casting. Yeah. She does because I seem to also remember that in almost everything she was in, she played this type of character, kind of like um, quiet. Maybe not, maybe not as much of a loner, but it was almost this kind of emo goth girl, right? Or like has kind of like a dark obsession. Yes. But, yeah, so uh, in in the showers, we actually see, like, uh, you know, Clark and, and Pete coming out and they're talking about whatever. Um, I can't remember what it is about or whether he's it's whether Clark is going to donate blood and Clark kind of, you know, is kind of wishy wishy washy on it because obviously, you know, what's he going to do? Like how he's going to get a needle in him. Right. Yes. Um, but on the other side of the locker room seemingly but like the way it's shot it looks like it just flips over to just the next bank of lockers over where troy is like finishing getting dressed and 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 then like his shoe gets knocked off the thing and then then like as he's picking up his shoe like the locker slams open and he's just getting fucked with but then it gets a little bit more violent where like the locker cracks him in the head as he's picking up a shoe and then like a dumbbell smacks him oh, a number like, of times yeah pete. yeah it takes clark and pete an insanely long time to get over there considering he, like they're in the next row over you would think that if he was like because i i agree with you it seemed to me like he was just in the next row over and you would think as soon as he got hit with the the, the locker door because he makes a pretty yeah. loud audible like ah you would think yeah. someone would come check on him but he takes like a number of serious hits with that dumbbell, which would hurt like right. hell, by the way, uh, before uh, anybody yeah. shows up. Yeah. And he's just like, uh, he heard a voice and like, I didn't hear a voice. I guess maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention, but I did not hear a voice. Did he but say that? He, uh, Cause I didn't hear one either. Yeah. He, uh, but in, behind Clark and, and Pete, we see a silhouette in the shower steam. And it slips away. And you, it's very undefined at this point. And we Not know, a bad effect, though. For, like, early you know, 2000s CGI, it actually looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. But yeah, that's, you know, just, uh, like, uh, setting, up, setting up the episode, there's an invisible man or woman, you know. And then is uh, that credits? Yeah, that's credits. Okay. Yeah. I think it's like right away at the beanery, like Chloe and Clark are talking. Chloe is kind of grilling Clark for details on what happened in there. Uh, obviously to write about it in the torch, which I guess that tells us how, where things are going to go with the torch going forward, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's all those facts that, well, I guess would eyewitness testimony count as facts? Someone was attacked uh, in the locker room. She is talking to an eyewitness. 
Right. As long as she doesn't extrapolate, she is essentially listening to the principal's um, right. uh, directive. Right. Then there's kind of the, uh, the I guess, our, our Lana subplot for this episode is that her and Whitney are not getting along because Whitney doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, the, and okay, whatever, Whitney Lana drama. I was over this yeah. literally 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um uh she does uh, at, at one point she turns and she starts like uh coming towards the table chloe flips around really quick and she's like oh pretend we didn't pretend we weren't eavesdropping or whatever and clark yeah. immediately yeah. goes into like this clueless like duh face like i don't know yeah. how to do that but <laughs> crosses his eyes yeah he <laughs> starts to drool a little bit um but but Lana shows up and she comes by and they start, they just ask her about, oh, how's the blood drive? Blah, blah, blah. And she says, ah, it's going all right. But she has a line in here and it's, um, thanks for the courtesy clueless. And I was courtesy. like, you know what? Yeah. I actually love that quite a bit because it is something yeah. people will do. I'm going to pretend to be dumb to protect your feelings for your privacy for a second. So I just wanted to give a nod to whatever writer wrote that line, courtesy clueless. It's actually kind of cool. Yeah some alliteration there um the uh clark again kind of ducks the needle when directly asked um but then also chloe calls him out on his offer to help lana out um and then clark kind of very poorly denies it and i think this is another scene where i think it ends on chloe's face and she is betraying a little bit of that kind of not quite jealousy but she's like well he's he's never going to see me he sees Lana. Um, but at the mansion, Victoria and Lex are chatting about, you know, their doings and goings on um, and start kissing when Amy interrupts their moment with some tea or iced tea or something like she's got drinks. She's got a drink tray. Oh. Um, and while she's being introduced she spills the tray on Victoria and it like, it totally looks completely intentional. Like, oh, I did 100%. That exactly. Yeah. I thought the exact same thing. And, uh, cause he's Lex is like, Oh, have you met Victoria? She's going to be staying with us for a while. And then she like literally just pretty much throws the drink on her. And I'm immediately like, yeah. uh, that was no accident. You're fired. <laughs> like you know, wait yeah. hold on actually like, you don't actually even work for me your mom does yeah yeah your mom is fired <laughs> we well but, i mean no, victoria's pissed least, like yeah like i don't know like we're gonna switch out we, i'm gonna take someone from we're gonna trade like a pro, pro sports teams me and my dad are gonna trade some of our servants here right yeah yeah so victoria's pissed but lex waves it off as a mistake like even if he does, even if he really does think it looked on purpose, he doesn't reveal that here. Like he just is like, oh, it was a mistake. Uh, Victoria's kind of out for blood though. Like she says, he wants the, her sent away, and like Lex explains that the family is kind of like a like 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 an installation almost, right? Like yeah. they're they're just part of the house. Um, Amy makes it to the housekeeper quarters and is pursued inside by her mom, who accuses her of bothering Lex. And she's jealous of Victoria, clearly. Like, um, their mom reminds them to remember their place, kind of remain, you know, invisible kind of thing. 
and uh, her brother is, Jeff. Uh, like just yeah. a weird, like, and I, I'm not a parent, but that's just a weird kind of mentality to raise your kids into. Right. I just like, hey, remember, you're like a servant. Don't be visible to like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not like trying to instill Ooh. them with you can be whatever you want to be. You probably shouldn't bother my boss, but like, no, you, you know, strive for higher things. But instead she's like, no, <laughs> remember that you're beat down. We're the serfs. <laughs> you must move like wind. <laughs> so it's the weirdest thing. Also, your daughter yeah, is exhibiting the... high stalker tendencies. Maybe you should have someone talk to her about that. Yeah, well, Jeff tells her to be careful, and he leaves as well. And then while she's alone, Amy pulls out this very nice watch. And I think the implication immediately is that it's not hers. Like, that it's something she's taken from Lex. Before we even, are con- we, before we even uh, like, confirm that, it's yeah. obvious. It's and I was so confused at this, uh, by this, for, the, for a second. I was like, well, hold on, hold on. Did she, like, somehow pickpocket that from him did i miss something like because they don't i don't think you ever see where she gets it from so i'm like when she was spilling the drink a distraction and she's got like some kind of magical stealing powers i didn't understand where the watch came from yeah yeah exactly and then on the farm like the cans are briefly talking about clark's volunteering and the obvious point of not being able to donate blood, but uh, Jonathan says something to the effect of sometimes you can't tell the truth and it's a price to play, pay for his abilities. Which is Just, legit. Yeah. I wrote a little note here saying that that's kind of a very important distinction and I don't know if it's necessarily 100% holds true, but there is like that little line where it's like Clark Kent can lie and deceive, but Superman doesn't. For but very that's the thing reasons. is like, these these kind of sayings and like ideas are repeated so many times throughout the show that they like this is kind of an early version of it but like like Jonathan has this conversation with Clark a hundred times oh yeah for sure um, which I guess but it it's it's there you know yeah I guess it kind of exhibits Clark's want and need to do the right thing. And he knows, like, look, lying is not the right thing to do. But eventually he gets it into his head. Well, I can't tell the truth about who I am, what I am, where I come from without putting the people around me in danger. So inherently, people being in danger is a little less evil, I guess, as telling, not telling someone you're Superman. Mm -hmm. The Clarks are, I love that the Clarks are, like, totally shady or the, the Kents are totally shady yeah. in this uh, in this little exchange here because they're like, Clark, it's okay to lie every once in a while because you got to keep your secret. Oh, and by the way, yeah. our, how's like stealing um, uh, Whitney's girlfriend going? <laughs> and he's yeah. like, uh, you know, I'm actually, I think I'm going to go for it this time. And they kind of give him like a smiling nod of approval. Like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, do it, son. I just thought that we'll, was shady we'll as shit. Do that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're on his they're in his corner, a little too much. 
a little bit like there's like there's no warning of like well clark you know that they're in a relationship lana and whitney are in a relationship and it wouldn't be right to interfere from the outside if they break up naturally then then it would be appropriate but he's like full out like you know what i really don't care if they're together i'm gonna jump in the middle and they're like huh okay all right And then uh, back at the mansion, night has fallen, and like we're like Lex is in the study, and he's searching around. But from like the there's like a point of view camera of somebody watching him, and he's kind of leaned over and looking under the couch, and somebody approaches from behind him, and kind of some ominous music plays as he looks over his shoulder. But it's just Clark standing there with like a huge armload of tulips. <laughs> I guess at this uh, point, like he, the 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 Luther like uh, uh, servant staff has, knows Clark is by face, so he probably gets let in all the time. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and he kind of reveals what that he's looking for his watch. He kind of barely gets it out that they those are uh, uh, Vicky's favorite flowers uh, when they're knocked to the floor, like just completely like in front of everybody. Um, in front of Clark and Lex, um, we get kind of a quick scene of female hands logging into Lex's Luther Corp files and then looking into the acquisitions before we go back to the study where in big old capital letters on that screen is the word Cadmus. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the one big seed that this episode plants to me. Is I I, it, I don't know if it's the first mention, but it's fairly blatant, like Cadmus Laboratories. Yeah, yeah. But uh, back in the study, uh, like Clark is kind of asking about what's going on with Lex and Victoria, and Lex explains that like not ever re- every relationship is about love, Clark. Sometimes it's about mutual goals. Which kind of Clark is kind of taken a little aback by, like he he he's kind of probably a little upset that he that Lex could see a relationship as being like a business transaction. Yeah, oh, and they did totally like Clark. Clark does seem like the kind of person who's like, oh, it's not a relationship without love, and and Lex is essentially just like, hey, look, we're just trying to make some money together, and while we're at it, we're gonna bone a few times. And Clark's just like, <gasps> yeah. <gasps> what mean bone? Yeah. <laughs> he's like totally blushing. Oh, I've got the vapors. But he, he does say that he's going to fight for Lana and take and that he's taking some advice from a friend. Um, we actually learn here that we don't learn the full details yet, but we learn that the watch was given to Lex by his mom. So a little bit of. A little bit of backstory there. Made uh, from a um, a coin that was minted at the um, coronation of Napoleon. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we, was yeah, something we about detail. Like, um, Napoleon's mom couldn't make his coronation, so it was a reminder to Lex that even if she wasn't there, she would always be there kind of thing, I guess. Something along those lines. Yeah. He does, he does explain that more in full later on, but at this point, it's more of just like, oh, it was from my mom. Um, Clark offers to check the library, but like, 
and like just catches Victoria on the laptop and she quickly logs out of it and uh this is I think this is where you see the Cadmus Labs thing. Yes, but yeah. There's Sorry, like a you're loud right. this banging. Is, this is when. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like a loud banging and they both run out of the room and they meet Lex in the hall and they head up another flight of stairs and they come up to this door and there's just kind of like a shaking door with like brilliant light coming from behind it. And then this is like very Lex weird. goes Yeah. Lex, Lex Lex walks up to it. And then as he's like about to open the door, it's the light dies away. But then he opens when he does open it, there's like a blast of brilliant light. And then when they go inside, it's basically black light party. And so, like ash falling from the sky. <laughs> yeah, the Other whole thing's really feathers? well, I don't know if it's ash. There's definitely whoever or whatever was inside has was shredded, I don't know, sheets, curtains, blah, 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 whatever. But, like, the whole thing, almost none of it makes sense. Okay, okay so there's, yeah. like, a lot of graffiti all over the room. Okay, I get that. It's all saying leave, get out, blah, blah, blah. It's trying to, like, convince Victoria, like, you're not welcome here. But how did you make the door shake like that? What the hell was with the bright blinding light? Uh Because there's never an explanation for that. And I remember like when they walked in and they're looking around and they're like, everything's glowing. And I'm like, so you're trying to intimidate someone and you actually just took the time to set up a black light. Is that literally a thing? I was thinking that was some kind of weird (laughs) directorial decision because like, is it just for emphasis? Is it just for dramatic purposes? Visual pizzazz? Because like, well, but that thing is, it's 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 like it's diegetic, like it's in the like they actually comment on the fact that it's blacklight. Exactly. The in the next scene, they so, comment on. I was like, so wait, so they did the 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 big villain actually did take time to set up a blacklight. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Yeah, and well, you know what? And maybe it was the there. writers slash directors or whatever telling a joke that like just to me did not land because it's it's just weird it's just a weird choice <laughs> they just had like a lot of like weird like neon paint and a black light left over and they're just like look this is a budget saving episode we need to just do something with this that's fair <laughs> that's re- okay yeah all right i'll take that yeah yeah but uh, so at the torch, uh, Clark tells Chloe about it before they kind of shift to talking about Lana again. And Chloe makes the point that Clark should proceed with caution because that crossing that line is something you can't take back. Um, I think more, more like honestly giving him advice and less like she's not telling him to not go for it, but she's telling him to proceed with caution. Um, and then, uh, we get a Lionel visit to Lex. Yes. Lionel comes into town. Lionel smells disloyalty. Yeah. And when he just smells, he smells, uh, Lex thinking with the wrong head. Yeah. Um, and, uh, manipulation. And he makes the, uh, like a salient point that empires are destroyed from weakness within. And that he reminds him, kind of as he's handing him like like a like a glass of brandy, 
that uh, if he sells out his family, then he'll be truly alone in the world. Yeah, like he, like and, Lionel has no problem disowning him as a Luther. But yeah, before uh, they had I, this conversation. Oh yeah, yeah, they'll have it a number of times. There, but uh, there is a point here where Lionel says something. He says to um, uh, or Lex says to Lionel. Oh, well, maybe if I do do whatever I'm doing, like, uh, you don't know what I'm doing, but is that why you expelled me to this, like, podunk, like, hick town, whatever? And Lionel's like, no, I sent you here so you could stretch your wings and learn a thing or two. And I legitimately believe Lionel at that point. Yeah, like, I sent yeah. you here yeah. so that you could gain some independence and learn a little business acumen. Like, you need to be a lot more cutthroat. And it is, and whether Lionel's right or wrong doesn't matter, but I do believe Lionel's intentions are honest at this point, where he's like, this yeah, is why yeah. I sent you here. I'm not trying to hide you. I'm not trying to get you away from me, but I see that there are weaknesses in your game, and sending you here was a way yeah. to sharpen that. He said that he sent him to Smallville as a test and that he's failing. Yes. Um, To put, like, a finer point on it. But, like, I think it's good that he sent he sent Victoria out of the room, but as some of it, some of this has to be just memory from having watched it before, but like Lionel has something to do with, I think Victoria's eventual betrayal. If that happens, I think oh. he, he and Victoria are just as involved as Lex and Victoria are. Oh, total spoilers, but I believe you're correct. It wasn't yeah, until you I, said I, something I about that, but I believe you're correct. Yeah, I Victoria gets up and she's like, uh, because... I'm going to go take a bath. And this is important. You'll see why. She's like, I'm going to go take a bath. And Lex is like, oh, yeah, I'll join you in a minute. Yeah, but she's outside the room, eavesdropping. And is caught by Amy, who kind of mutters as she's walking away that she doesn't deserve him. Um... But, uh, yeah, like she got, she's totally just there listening. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, at, at Lana's Clark and, and Lana are just wrapping up work on the blood drive stuff. He kind of comes clean about his needle fear. She kind of accepts that saying his secret safe with her. They start talking about whatever about She starts talking about Whitney and he says, that if she really wants to thank him to not talk about Whitney. There's a uh, couple great moments in this where um, that I, I do like Clark showing a little more backbone as far as his relationship goes. Like, look, if yeah. we're, hey, and I mean, yeah, Clark essentially encouraging Lana to either a cheat or B break up with her boyfriend. Those intentions aside, Clark growing a backbone enough to be like, look, when we're hanging out, I don't, care or want to hear about your boyfriend um yeah but i like that w the blood drive thing where he's like i have an issue with needles and she kind of respects it and smiles like she obviously thinks it's cute like showing a little mm -hmm. vulnerability and he's feigns a little embarrassment from it but he yeah. volunteers he's like well i can help out in other ways i'll help you with the blood drive i'll help you organize and collect and, and whatever and she has a line yeah. of um, Clark Kent, not always there when you want him, but always there when you need him. Yeah. Which is like, yeah. and he, go ahead. Yeah. He brings up, he brings up Jonathan and Nell and how they dated at one point, but like, as they're, um, uh, like right before Lana does says that good line, 
but they are kind of sitting close to each other and like looking at each other and like they're about to kiss and Nell interrupts and it kind of just breaks the spell. And like from this point forward, from this point forward, she will be known as cock blocking Nell. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think she does Nell. it all the time. <laughs> like Constantly. Yeah. But, um, I guess it's the next day. Oh, wait, hold on. Is this where Clark like ends the conversation with, um, uh, Oh, have you uh, ever seen the, uh, the sunset from my loft? Which is like, yeah, yeah, he does like just a horrible line. And she's like, uh, yeah. (laughs) And he looks so defeated for a second. And she's like, kind of saves it. Like she's into it too. And she saves it. Like, but the good thing about sunsets is they all look, uh, yeah, they're, they're all individual. They're, they're all, all unique. unique. So he like invites her over, and like I expect, I I I respect Clark's game, but the real move yeah. should have been Lana. Have you ever seen the sun rise from my loft? Hint, hint, <laughs> hey. nudge, nudge. Hey, sleep and over. She's like, well, I'd have to. Then she's just like, she's like, but Clark, I'd have to get up really early. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's, that would be great if it totally just flew over her head she's like why would I get up that early yeah alright <laughs> yeah anyway it's the next day Clark uh, Clark is telling Pete about it and Pete's all excited and he's like oh I got I'll, I'll, I'll lend you my copy of the game <laughs> like uh, just like he's just like so excited about it <laughs> but um, we see, we also see a teacher or like a, the school counselor talking to Whitney, uh, who offers to talk when he's ready. Like her, her door is just down the hall. And then we get like Whitney, like fumbling his books. Yeah. And like Clark to his credit, like despite everything with Lana goes over to help him pick up the stuff, but he grabs like a pharmacy bag. And Whitney quickly snatches it away and kind of just glares at him before walking away without a word. But Clark does, I think this is the first time where Clark kind of, he x-rays and he kind of squints. Because Whitney's quite a ways away and Clark is still able to read the prescription label. Yeah, it's 100% confirmation that he does have telescopic vision. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Which is odd because he continues to use the telescope to spy on Lana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forever. For a long, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Clark x-rays it and finds out what it is. And we actually cut to him reading up on it. And it, it's for chest pain or high blood, blood pressure. Yeah, no, again, the, the thing up. is, like, I, I, I work in a pharmacy. So, right. and I, I did, I'll be honest, I totally forgot the link to, like, angina. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> When, when you first see that it's amlodipine, which is like the actual trade name is uh, Norvask. Um, okay. I 100% forgot, or, or well, I forgot that it was for angina. So, so it can be used for more serious conditions. But for the most part, it is like it's to treat high blood pressure, which is generally not a very big deal. So I'm like, what the hell is the drama here? Like I almost audibly laughed about it. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, but Amy shows up and starts asking around about Victoria and Lex, 
And it kind of makes Clark a little suspicious. Like, or at least he finds it odd. But um, in the mansion, Victoria's running a bath and she gets, she's getting in and relaxing, but it's like, it's already feeling a little ominous. Um, and at the same time, Lex is sitting at the computer looking at the same Cadmus file we saw earlier uh, when Clark enters and he wants to talk about Victoria and like, he's going to tell Lex about what he saw. And Lex is like, Oh yeah. I like, I totally know she was on the computer. Yeah. I I absolutely know that she's like going into my files and like researching my businesses. Like I get that. And that he's like excited by their little game of chess that they're playing. Which is kind of cool and respectable. Yeah. Yeah. But he brings up Amy as well. He's like, uh, and, and Lex just kind of brushes that off as like, he's just a teenage crush. Um, and then he kind of flips it back on Clark and asks about Lana and Clark reveals what he learned about Whitney. And, um, we find out that Lex's mom was also on that same medication before her surgery. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not sure if it like, they just added that as like a way to tie things in because like Lex ha- mentions his mom a few times in this episode. And the next time is where we get our story from him. Well, it, Actually, it, it, I think uh, it is uh, right here. A very good chance that it is brought up more and more uh, right. or, or Lex brings it up to like highlight the severity I suppose. Um, right. I guess because well, Lex tells Lex's the story. mom obviously isn't around. No, no. Yeah. Lex tells the story here about the portrait by David in which Napoleon insisted his mother be included in the portrait despite her absence so that she could be brought into his life through force of will and to share in his greatness. And Clark uh, says, good story. And Lex replies, good watch. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and I do appreciate that a lot, is that, like, the watch, as much as, much as it's used as just, like, a little plot point, when you get to this speech, it does legitimately have, like, um, real value to Lex. And value beyond like the money well, value aspect of the worth. Yes. Yeah. Oh, value yeah. yeah. Excellent way to put it. Monetary worth. Yeah. It's valued to him personally. Um, but this is where Victoria gets attacked in the bath. So uh, now, and is kind this of only... is why I was saying the plot point earlier when Victoria says, I'm going to go take a bath. Is this the bath she was talking about? How long did it take her to get there? How big is this house? Yeah, I don't. Maybe she just has a takes a lot of baths, man. Oh, I, that's I, I. Well, just she she just bathes in it. I mean, that's a very impressive bathroom. I will say that. Right, but yeah, she's attacked and is saved because she knocks that glass on the floor. Uh, but Clark picks her up out of the tub. Uh, and we like with a very convenient shot from the back. Yeah. So, well, we I mean, it was a CW. I mean. If it yeah. were an HBO <laughs> series, it would probably would have been done a lot differently. Um, I, and when I was going to say, when I said at the uh, beginning of the episode that they, this episode falls into a lot of tropes, when you get into like the uh, quote unquote invisible man trope, 
it will just... always have a scene where, like... But he's getting drowned. I, where, where, like, a naked woman is attacked somehow or watched or... Because right. even the scene before yeah. she's attacked, when she's just, like, undressing and getting into the bath, there are hints Eyes. that there's somebody already in the room. Yeah. There's also some very weird, like, ADR added to that in which she's doing a lot of weird little moans out of nowhere for no reason. Yeah. yeah. Like, one of them is a nice, like, sigh of relief. Like, oh, I'm taking a nice relaxing bath. But then there's, like, three or four other ones added in there, and I'm like, this is a little weird. Yeah, well, you know, we don't know what what she's got under, under the water in there. You're absolutely right. I do not know what's going on. Baths. Anyway, uh, but but Clark gets her out of the tub, wraps her in a towel, or he's starting to when he gets like sent flying across the room, and like through a mirror, which kind of breaks all over the floor. But as the assailant escapes, they cut their foot on a piece of glass, and Clark kind of half X-rays the person as they're kind of in and out of vision as they're leaving the room. Which is a kind of a cool plot point. We'll get later into like the actual reveal of the, of the villain and, and how or what they're doing, what they do. Because I totally right. misunderstood how the powers worked. Right. Even at this point. Until yeah. they're like explained later on, I still didn't really like... At this point, I have an understanding in my head about how things are working. And I'm pretty much completely wrong. Yeah, yeah. But the next, uh, the next day at school, Clark and Chloe are discussing the possibility, the impossibility of it being a ghost. Now that they've found blood, but this is only moments before Chloe's fingers turn invisible after touching the green stuff. Yeah. So, which this is where we get the idea that like whatever this green substance is can turn you invisible, and if you were to theoretically cover your entire body in it you'd become completely invisible okay now this is shrug worthy i guess uh because and i guess well we're right at that scene i thought it was going to come a much later but i had assumed that the villain had a power to turn themselves invisible i didn't realize it had something to do with like a paint where you would have to paint your entire body Um, yeah that seems like way too much. How do you paint your eyeballs? Yeah, how do you paint your eyeballs? How do you, you know you got you got to paint that ass crack? You can't uh-huh. just have like a rogue. You, might as, you, you have to do it naked for sure. You have to do it naked. I mean, I guess you could probably soak some clothes in it if it if it works like a dye. But they they very much stress the fact that you have if you if you covered your body in this, then you would. And Chloe says you would be naked. But then Clark says you would be invisible. So you have to assume you're doing this invisible. Right. Uh, you have to paint every inch of you. You can't have some like phantom right. taint floating around. <laughs> phantom taint. <laughs> it's if like, had, if like, we had if we had titles for our episodes, this that would be Phantom Taint would be the title. episode. Phantom Taint. That's actually Phantom Taint is the next big Hideo Kojima game. I can't wait to play it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're you're not wrong. 
you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, on on his way out, kind of well, weirdly, like here too, like they feel like they can't really go to the police about it and land, but they land on a suspect being Amy and Clark remembers when she had her blood drawn. And now this really strains credulity because the uh, implication is that Chloe is going to get that blood sample somehow and then do fucking forensic work. Okay. Yes. I 100% agree with you on that one. Is that, like how, unless she's got like a contact in some kind of med lab somewhere or in a police force, but also like Clark's worried about lying about the fact that he can't give blood and why. And I get like, you don't want to out yourself as a, as a super powerful alien, but at the same time, that's really unethical. Yeah. You're just going to start sampling everybody's blood. And I mean, I guess, I guess Clark probably like he narrows it down, right? To like, oh, you have to see if this blood matches this girl because that's the suspect. But right. at the same time, like that's, I don't know. To me, it's a huge violation in rights, regardless. Yeah, no matter how you slice it. Yeah. Um, what what's next? What happens after that? God, I'm totally lost. Uh, um, I think, I think on the way this... out here, he stops to talk to Whitney. Uh, oh, who's yes. Like very defensive. He's very defensive initially, but then Clark is like, look, if you're not giving Lana enough credit, you need to go talk to her. And he basically pushes them back together. I hate Clark at this moment. Like, I know I've been giving Clark a lot of shit about like, hey, why don't you go, you know, be the third wheel, start cheating and blah, blah, blah. And, um... But I get almost more angry at Clark when it's like, stop being such a good person. Yeah, when he does the right thing. Yeah. God, what a nerd doing the right thing. Yeah, he's a good man. He's a good <laughs> man. But yeah, so he, that kind of, you know, decides, uh, you could tell Whitney's going to take his advice. Despite, you know, however he might feel about Clark. And what Clark's intentions are. Yeah. He obviously gave him good advice. But, and then at the cafe, Clark tells Lex he isn't going to take that shot at Lana after all. And Lex admires that too, because that's not what Lex would do. Which is cool. I, I do like the fact that, and because Lex says it quite a bit early on in the series, is like, Clark, I like you because I already know you're a better person than I am. The yeah. weird thing is that. Lex never follows Clark's example and always tries to corrupt Clark. Yeah. Keeps testing it. Keeps seeing if Clark really is the good boy he thinks that he shows himself to be. Yeah. But Amy also shows up, and while she's kind of awkwardly talking to Lex, uh, Clark x-rays her and spots the watch. And then as she leaves, Lex sees the look on Clark's face and is like, what is it? And uh, we cut to the Palmer's uh, quarters on the mansion grounds where Mrs. Palmer is trying to defend Amy. Um, obviously, Clark told her, you know, told Lex that he saw the watch. Uh, within kind of like a couple of seconds, Lex 
opens up that cabinet and finds his like creepy shrine. Yeah. Yeah. So building a shrine to uh, your crushes, it might seem like a good idea, but it almost always backfires on you. So it's just a friendly, like um, the more, you know, moment. Yeah. So just an FYI, take down... don't, don't do it. Yeah. yeah don't do it. <laughs> be, or be very, be very subtle. Don't create a, don't create a physical space. Yeah. Hide it better. Right. Put it, put it yeah. in the woods somewhere. <laughs> even worse, even worse. <laughs> a creepy shrine in the woods. Uh, that would, that would have been a worse scene if it would have that just would have been, been a little weird. Yeah. Uh, but Miss Palmer says she has no idea. Lex kind of asks, he's remains pretty calm about it, but he's like, you need to seek help for Amy. And also you need to get the fuck out. Like, Which is fair. Uh, it is fair, yeah. I mean, because Lex um, doesn't seem mad at the mother at all. He's just like, this is, you know, like, this is obviously inappropriate. You gotta go. And in the next scene is at the loft, and Lana has shown up for the sunset, and, like, she is down. Like, she is down. One hundred percent. I have in my notes written in cap locks, Clark, she wants you too. Yeah, and but because he does the right thing, it totally confuses the shit out of her. Yeah, which is and she's fair. Just like, all right, and that's... there's actually a good kind of scene where right near the end of it, she kind of looks out the window, and the sunset is kind of faded, and she's like, "Look, we missed it." Yeah, and she didn't just mean the sunset. Yo, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Um, that's a, actually a nice little scene. And, like, I, the fact that Lana is confused and maybe a little angry, maybe a little hurt, is, it totally makes sense because she's got an actual boyfriend who has been ignoring and rejecting her for a couple of weeks. And now this new guy who it's now obvious that they want each other has tried to set something up. And then the second she shows up, he also rejects her. But then halfway through, he's like, look. Whitney needs you. You guys are a thing. And you can see also at that point that she's like, I think this is why I'm into him. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause he's, he is such like a good guy and he's so nice. And so. Right. Damn. Right. And, and that's the thing is like this episode kind of, I think the writers and it very, it very, very clearly comes off this way. Um, much like craving, the A story is total garbage. And then the Lana subplot ends up being the thing that has the most, like at least emotional heft. Very excellent point. Yeah. I, 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 I agree 100% is this, the, the, the A story is villain of the week. Easy to throw away. Doesn't necessarily matter, but this episode does do a lot as far as establishing character relation. Yeah. Yeah. 100% that's it's the spot where you can put you can put a little bit of um you know you could give a some points for that yeah because I think overall it's still a weaker episode even than craving but um yeah I I would agree with that the fact that the fact that Clark is the fact that Clark is willing to give up his chance here 
potentially to do the right thing is a good is a good story beat. Yeah. Um but uh back at the mansion, Amy and her mom are packing up the car to leave, saying that Jeff will be uh will pack the rest of the uh, stuff and have it picked up in the morning. We learn that the Palmer like uh Mrs. Palmer has a husband. Uh, uh like he clearly doesn't work with them. I'm not sure what's going on there, but um anyway, but they drive off and Lex is about to make a phone call to check on Victoria when the phone gets knocked out of his hand and then like he just gets knocked unconscious by an invisible fist. So two things here. One the the um um the girl what's her um I I want to say Victoria but not Victoria. Um Amy? The what's that? Amy? Amy. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So Amy has just like a super sad line here and it's just it's like the last thing she says in the episode is if if I remember correctly but she just like looks okay. at Lex and just like ah uh, I just wanted to be close to you you know like kind of apologizing kind of trying to explain the rationale which is like right. you get the feeling that she's this lonely kid who like has this big crush and it's like like I I kind of understand why I was wrong, but this was the only way I could or I felt any kind of reciprocation, which is fair because doesn't Lex make a joke at some point or it's coming up. Actually, it's a great joke, by the way. Um, but yeah, it's just a really sad line. Second point is if I'm ever in a room or holding something and, and things just like start flying around randomly. I'm just going to start flail punching from now on. Just randomly swinging yeah. at the air. Cause there's probably an invisible person in there trying to kill you. And you better get them first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this things that Smallville teaches you, man, survival techniques. Yeah. Flail. Flail. Just, just flail. flail punch, man. You never know. Yeah. Uh, I think back is uh, we have a quick another scene on the farm. Martha checks in on Clark before Chloe arrives and reveals it couldn't have been Amy who attacked Victoria because the blood doesn't match. And Clark like puts it together really fast and runs out and Chloe is just left sitting there. And you can tell again, it's like she thought they were going to have a little bit of time to chat and, you know, she would get some time with him, but he just takes off again. He he does like legitimately like just use Chloe for the first couple of yeah. seasons. Like there's like no, and he almost never says thank you or it's just like, oh, Chloe gave me this thing. Right. I'm out. Yeah. But uh, back at the mansion, Lex is laying bound on the floor as like Jeff rants and kind of knocks him to the floor again. As he says, he's done pretending to be okay with being invisible and Lex points out the fact that Amy is a little young for him. And yeah. uh, Jeff Jeff pulls a sword off the wall and it's like a CG sword. There's well when it's okay. pulled off the wall. Like this Jeff the sword might point... not have Go ahead. Yeah. But yeah, he's just monologuing. And it's bad. It's yeah. Like the, the, the voice is like way and way over the top, like trying to be a villain kind of voice. Like you almost feel him twirling his mustache. Um, yeah, 
I did like the line of like, oh, my sister just wanted you to love her. And like Lex just like snapping back. Um, that kind of love could get me arrested. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. And then, like, but yeah, Jeff chucks the sword at the wall and like misses Lex by like inches. Yeah. Which is because that's how you use a sword. You throw them. It's right. the most effective way, apparently. Yeah. Well, so far. <laughs> uh, Clark shows up and is trying to x-ray him. Like, he can hear where he is, sort of. But yeah. uh, Clark is trying to x-ray him, but gets, like, a mace to the grill. Like, yeah. as Jeff is trying. Yeah. It's like a morning star. again. Uh, a morning star flail to the face just and it, again and it's that it's that great cg metal shattering effect yeah. again is this is this is this shattering because of the fact that jeff has a little bit of super strength but he wouldn't though. or is it because exactly he shouldn't exactly because that's the thing w- watching this and that's where i was a little bit confused before because um, in the, uh, I can't remember, but the previous scene where he like knocks Clark flying, I was just like, okay, well it's, it's, it's a, a kryptonite infused bad guy. So we've already established that that gives them superpowers, right? But he's not kryptonite he's infused. Not. He's just painted. Yeah. Well, it's kryptonite infused flowers. Yeah, so the kryptonite would weaken Clark, which makes sense because at the beginning, in the shower scene at the beginning, out of nowhere, Clark just kind of like does his little sick face thing, like, ugh. Like, it doesn't feel well, so that makes sense that there's kryptonite-infused flower potion. The thing that, the thing that, uh, that, that I'm trying to get to, though, is just that why did that why did this morning star shatter to a million pieces because if somebody say for example like you or i were to hit somebody like clark with a bat it wouldn't shatter apart it would like bounce it would bounce off like we were hitting like a steel girder or something like yeah well a wooden bat we might be able to crack in half it depends you'd you'd hurt yourself yeah but the whole like and that but that's what i'm saying is he doesn't have um jeff doesn't have the strength to actually shatter that so just hitting Clark no. would, like you just said, bounce off. It wouldn't do anything else. So the power structure here is a little muddled. The only the only explanation I could think of is that because this is an antique mace, it should have never been swung in the first place. Oh. Whoa. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, because yeah, I think okay. right at, like. Yeah, Jeff tries to strangle him, and uh, like Clark chucks him against the scaffolding, and there's a bunch of paint that splashes down, uh, and like it partially reveals him. Very convenient. They were doing but, some renovations in that room. Yeah, uh, outside with weird, like loud colored paint. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah. Very well, red and yellow. Or was that like? Were were they doing a painting? Were they doing a painting of like Napoleon's thing? Like I don't understand where all that stuff came from. Was it a plot point any yeah. earlier in the episode that I totally missed? I no, I don't think so. I think the paint was just there so that we, they could do the thing that happens in all Invisible Man things too, where like they get partially covered in something that reveals them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, but so outside, Jeff is loaded into an ambulance and like. Lex kind of 
deflects Clark's apologies for the antique room, saying that his mum always hated it anyway, and that war isn't our nature and doesn't need to be on display. Um, and then I, the final scene again is Clark in the loft in complete darkness, watching Lana and Whitney. Yeah, Clark's like a few <laughs> steps from um from building his own shrine in the woods. <laughs> like at this point, <laughs> wood shrine. Um, and yeah, I, I, the final shot of the show is actually really great. Um, maybe a bit forced, but it's it's like Clark. Like you said, in the total blackness, with the exception of just the light from the moon, as he's kind of like hunched yeah. over, really feeling isolated and alone, and and it just kind of like fades out from there. And it's one of right. the things that I've always loved about Superman lore that is always touched on, but is rarely ever really like examined deeply, is how isolated yeah. he must feel at times. Um, yeah, absolutely. Maybe not so much when he becomes Superman, because then he's got Lois, and and now in the comics he's got a son and everything like that, and there's a lot more Kryptonians around. Um, right. But growing up, being what Clark Kent is compared to the rest of the world, there's got to yeah. be a huge sense of of uh, isolation in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. No. To that, and that's totally a theme. For years of the show. Yeah, Smallville really nails that. I mean, he, there's a reason. I don't know if he actually technically names it himself, but there's a reason that the Fortress of Solitude is called the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I spent my entire my I spent my entire well, that's the thing is he he basically got trained to be an introvert. Yeah. You know, he did. His, his Introverts up, unite his, his upbringing. Yeah. He's only got so much, he's only got so much energy to deal with, you know, the world and he's got to get back to his fortress of solitude. Yeah. Don't we all? Yeah. yeah. Don't we all? But, uh, overall, yeah. Again, weak episode with like a couple little bright spots. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and like I said, like the, I, this reeks to me of like a writer's room going, okay, we need powers. For villains. Um, yeah. Uh, and then someone's like, what about the Invisible Man? Invisible Man, how do we make that a Smallville thing? Like, the, yeah. the kryptonite-infused flowers thing seems weird in that, like, I don't think we ever actually see the flowers themselves. Uh, maybe. I think we do, because there's these, those, these kind of light-petaled flowers outside of the Palmer's quarters in okay. that early scene. Their mom is cutting some. But okay. I just saw them because they were green. Okay, well, and I mean, it's entirely possible. You, you could totally, be, but I didn't really notice it or it didn't stick out to me. Um, and maybe I'm right. just oblivious or I was writing notes at the time. Um, but yeah. then that doesn't explain how, like, is Jeff a chem genius? How did he figure out to make this paste, potion, paint, whatever it is? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. And how long have they been using it? And like exactly like yeah plot points. i mean it is what it is it's it's smallville some of the things are just not going to explained or or not be explained well um it's no yeah. I, I agree with your earlier um evaluation in that 
A story in this is throwaway. B story is pretty good as as it furthers a few of the relationships um, by like yeah. millimeters or like an eighth of an inch at best because yeah. this is yeah. all going to get drug dragged out for a very long time. Um, oh yeah, but but I mean there there I mean some really good emotional beats to it, but that's I, that's all I can kind of yeah. say for it. Yeah. So Paul. Yeah. Why don't you tell me what's going to happen on the next episode of Smallville? Well, the next episode of Smallville is episode 11. Hug. His kryptonite-infused handshake seals the deal. A manipulative wheel-dealer entrepreneur exerts a mysterious power over Smallville's residence and even convinces Clark's dad to sell the family farm. (gasps) Oh, no. Not the Kent farm. Yeah. Um, brought, brought to us, the episode brought to us by the same writing and directing team that brought us, uh, Hourglass. Oh, Ooh, one of the best, so, which by the way, if you haven't listened to our Hourglass breakdown, go listen to it. Cause surprisingly, we both think one of our best episodes, easily the best episode of the series so far, other than the pilot mm-hmm. and, uh, and like our least listened to, which is, we have no explanation Weird. for that. It might be the giant yeah. F-bomb I dropped at the beginning. So if you're listening with kids, just be aware. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. Right out of the gates. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately. So I guess that's it. But I'm yeah, looking forward so, to the next episode. Um, yeah, me too. Having already watched it, it's a gooder. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's it. So until next time, somebody save us. <laughs>